0: Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Laura Chapman, and I'm the Care and Connections Pastor here at Rolling Hills. In today's message, we'll be heading into our new series, Celebrating God's Goodness, a study of 1 Thessalonians. Throughout this series, we'll be learning about celebration, gratitude, and thankfulness, and how we can incorporate those things into our everyday lives. God has designed us as people who are to live lives that are different, lives that are defined by goodness, grace, and gratefulness. So let's begin learning today how to do just that. We're so glad you're here.
1: Good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together today, and I wanna say a big welcome to all of our campuses today. big welcome to our Nolensville campus. Hey, you guys, construction is starting. It's so exciting. A big welcome to our Nashville campus. So thankful for what all our God is doing in ministry and college students being back and with JMI and 413 and Shower Up. And big welcome to our Columbia campus, right? This is the sixth week since grand opening and what God is doing and new people God's bringing and welcome to everybody here at our Franklin campus and man, we're seeing people being baptized every week and new people being here and welcome to everybody online. We've had a lot of people join online from all over the country and the world um, during this season and we are so grateful you're part of the Rolling Hills Church family. I'm excited about today because today we're beginning this brand new series and we're talking about this celebrating God's goodness. And you guys know we just came off a powerful series called Eyes on Jesus. And in that series, we were focusing on Jesus because the last 18 months have been difficult for everybody. I mean, it's been a challenge. It's been a struggle, and it's taken a toll on all of us, right? I mean, not just physically with the pandemic, but also mentally and emotionally. And so we've been talking about how do we deal with this pandemic of worry and fear and stress in our own lives and the lives of our kids, and how do we stay focused with our eyes on Jesus? And so, thanks for the incredible feedback in the last series. If you missed any, go back and watch. But just hearing about what God's doing in people's lives and the way God's using the book to speak to people, man, what is this great opportunity for us. And now, as we come out of that, we're talking about celebrating God's goodness. And it's such an important part, right? I mean, just as we develop an attitude of gratitude that God's brought us through and he's bringing us through a global pandemic, God is with us. God is for us, and there's such healing power in developing this gratitude in our hearts and in our lives, and so we wanna talk about that, and how do we live with that on a daily basis? Now, I'm a dad, and I love being a dad, I gotta tell you, I love my kids, and for those of you who are parents in the room or grandparents or aunts and uncles, you, you guys know, right, you sacrifice for your kids. I mean, we, we all do, right, if you're a parent. You just sacrifice, it's what you do, right? There's times in the middle of the night that you can hear your your kids crying when they were younger, and you're just laying there going, "I hope Lisa wakes up. I hope Lisa wakes up, right?" You know, but, but you get up, right? You get up and you go in there, right? You, you burp them, you feed them, you know, you cleaned up things you never thought you would clean up. I mean, you just do all this kind of stuff because they're your kids, and you're gonna do that. But but there's times when they just stop, and just every now and then, and they just kind of look up at you and they just go, "Thank you, mom," <laughs> or "Thank you, dad." And man, it just melts your heart. I mean, you're gonna do it whether they say thank you or not, right? But, but when they stop and they just say thank you, it does something for you. Now think about this. God is our Heavenly Father, right? And whenever you stop and we just look up and we say thank you, I mean, you just think about the impact on God's heart. Uh, when my kids were little, you know, and they still do, I mean, they always love to give me cards. And I love this. For my birthday, you know, I get these handmade cards and they have these great notes in them And when they were younger, they would do shows for me. Like, they would have these shows for Father's Day, okay? So they would put these old shows together. And so I keep every one of these cards, right? I keep them all. And this was Father's Day. This was the program for the show. They had little tickets, and we would come, and Lisa and I would sit down. They would do a show. And it says, Happy Father's Day. And then inside are the rules for the show, right? Please clap at the end of each song, (laughs) because we worked really hard on this, you know? Enjoy. This is for you and always remember how much we love you. (laughs) And you know, it's these cards, you just hang on to them, and and you're like, man, I would do it for you regardless. But when you say thank you, man, when you just celebrate, when you just recognize that sacrifice, it stirs in you. And we are all children of God, and when we take those moments and just saying, wait, God, I wanna give you the glory. You know what it does in us? Right? In us, it just recognizes that God's in control, that God's the one who's gonna protect us, that God's gonna provide for us, that God's always there for us. And I believe it moves the heart of God. You know, all the Psalms like are, are about just giving thanks to God. Give thanks to God, right? And as we're starting this new series, remember you're studying this book called 1 Thessalonians, and I love this book. It's a, it's a short little letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, but it's about being thankful. It's about encouraging one another, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice, right? He continues to talk about this rejoicing in God and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so we are gonna study this and talk about how do we develop this attitude of gratitude as we move toward thanksgiving? How can we be people who live and celebrate God's goodness every day? It's so easy for us to put our eyes on our problems and for us to get down and for us to feel the weight of everything that's happening around us, it's easy for us to complain about things that are happening around us. But man, when we just start to celebrate, we live with joy, we live with peace, we live with gratitude. It changes us, and I believe it moves the heart of God. And so, I want to invite you. If you have a Bible, whatever campus you're at today, if you will grab that and turn with me to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, New Testament. It's in the T section, right? You got First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus. So kind of back toward the back of your Bible there. And man, it is so deep and so rich and so good. And if you're watching online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and you can pick up the scriptures there. If you have a mobile device, you can pull out that mobile device. But I want you to see this today. We're just gonna be in chapter one today. We'll be in chapter two next week. We'll be walking through this incredible letter. But it starts off and it just says in verse one, it says, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And so you identify the authors real quick, right? And this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee of Pharisees, God radically changed his life, you know, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and his life, man, just became a living testimony to the God that he serves. And and he went around on mission trips and and serving the Lord, and and so here he is on this mission trip, right, with Silas, his his compadre, his buddy, right, they've been doing a lot of missions together, and Timothy, and and he says, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you a little bit about the church of the Thessalonians. That's who he's writing to. But if you go back to Acts 16 and 17, in Acts 16 and 17 you find out that Paul's on this second missionary journey and he's wanting to go into Asia. And and, you know, he's thinking, man, let's plant churches in Asia, let's go there. And and he, he couldn't get in. It was just like the door was closed. Every time he's trying to kind of get in, there was no opportunities. And so one night he's praying. You know how you pray and God just speaks to your heart? Well, he has this vision, right? And there's this man from Macedonia saying, hey, come over here. Come over here and help us. And so I love in Acts 16, it says in the next morning, Paul woke up and said, hey, God's calling us to go to Macedonia. Let's go to Macedonia. And so Paul and Silas and Timothy, they head over to Macedonia. And in Macedonia, the first city they come to is the city of Philippi. All right? And in Philippi, they go and they start sharing the gospel, right? Right? And there's this woman, Lydia, and then there's this jailer and this slave girl. They, they become a part of the early church there in Philippi. And so later on, Paul will write a letter called Philippians to the church of Philippi. Well, after Philippi, he heads down to this city called Thessalonica. And Thessalonica is in modern day Greece, okay? And it was an important city back in this day. I mean, it was the kind of the its city right then. I mean, 200,000 people. Think about it, that's a big city, okay? A big city, 200,000 people. It's set on kind of this roadway between the east and the west, the Roman Empire, this trade route. So a lot of commerce, a lot of business. It was a bustling city. It was the it city. You know, people were coming there. And Paul and Silas and Timothy show up, and they go to the Jewish synagogue, which there was a Jewish synagogue in a lot of the cities, right? That's where the kind of Jewish would all meet. And, And Paul begins to share the gospel. He's like, hey, guys, you know the Old Testament, and it's great, but let me tell you about Jesus. He's the Messiah, and it tells us in Acts 17, I love this, it says that many Jews gave their lives to Christ, right? I mean, which was awesome. And then what you see is this, that they persuaded because of the number of Jews were coming to know Christ, but then you had these God-fearing Greeks who gave their lives to Christ, but then it says quite a few prominent women all right, so now when women start accepting Christ, man, then the church is going to start to move, right? I mean, it's like, you just like, you see it happening. So, so you've got these Greeks, you've got these Jews, you've got these women, and Paul and Silas, they're only there for about a month. I mean, they're only there about a month, but, but man, the church is going. People are coming to know Christ. There is a buzz in the city, and it's the city, right? Well, then persecution comes, and persecution would happen a lot because the Jews would come like so they'd go, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Jesus the Messiah, you know? And so, so Paul and Silas and Timothy have to leave. And when they leave, they go away for a little bit, but Paul's like, man, I'm praying for the church, I'm praying for the church. So he sends Timothy back after a couple of months, and Timothy comes back to Paul and goes, Paul, you wouldn't believe it. The church is thriving. God is moving. I mean, it's awesome. God's doing amazing things. And Paul gets so excited about it that that's why he wrote the letter. That's why he wrote the letter. He's just celebrating God's goodness. He's just celebrating what God is doing in this church in Thessalonica right there. So he says, hey church, great job. Grace and peace to you. Grace, the grace of God, peace. The word peace, right, in in Hebrew, shalom. It's, It's the fullness, it's the wholeness, right? Hey, shalom to you. And he says, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. And you think about Paul and his buddies, right, they'd be praying for the church, praying for the church, God bless them, God be with them, you know, this small group, of man, as they share their faith, as they serve in missions, God, you're gonna do great things there in Thessalonica. And he says, we remember before God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, look, we remember before our God and Father Our Father in heaven. And here's the things we remember about you, right? We remember, man, we remember your faith. We remember your love. We remember your hope. And we're going to unpack this in a minute. But he's going, you guys have stayed faithful. And God's doing a mighty work. Great job, church. Great job, God, you know. He says, for we know brothers and sisters. I love that. Men and women. You know, Jesus did more for women's rights than any person in history. I mean, the church was about men and women serving alongside, using their gifts for the glory of God. Let me just see that. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. Paul's going. It wasn't just me saying great sermons, right? It wasn't me with wise and persuasive words. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit changing hearts. It's the Holy Spirit changing lives, that's what you were seeing, that's what you are experiencing. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. He's like, even though there was persecution, even though there was hard times, you had joy. You had joy, and I love that. As a believer, man, joy ought to come out of our lives. It doesn't mean everything's perfect. But there ought to be something in us that gives us joy because of what God's done for us. He's like, church, you have joy. And and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. (laughs) Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what the kind of reception you gave us. You know, I love that. Because what he's saying is, church, as you guys grew, as you guys stayed faithful to God, as you guys started telling people and doing ministry and missions, everybody in the region started to hear about you. And so as we were going on these mission trips and going to Berea and these different cities, they were hearing about what God was doing in the church at Thessalonica. And they're going, yeah, we want to hear more. Something's happening in that city. Something's happening in that church. We want to hear more. Your testimony has spread your testimony is impacting others you know we talk about this often but i think it's so true your obedience impacts more than just you your obedience to god impacts more than just you and yeah when we dive into god's word when we study god's word when we're growing deeper in the faith we're benefiting right we're getting stronger but we're getting healthy we're, we're becoming better in, in life and in all areas but but it's impacting our families it's impacting our marriages it's impacting our children it's impacting other people that we don't even know. And that's why God says stay faithful, stay faithful, because you're having a great impact. He says, I love this, they tell how you turn to God from idols. Now now back then, they had these little idols, right, that they would keep in their houses, a lot of them were wood carved, and they would put them up in their houses, they would bow down and worship the pagans, all these people, these idols, or they would have temples, temples to Greek gods, right, or the Roman gods, right, they would go and they would worship at these, these temples. Do you know we have idols today? We have idols today, right? I mean, we have idols that talk to us today. We have idols that draw our attention. We have idols, and some idols could be money, or idols could be another person. An idol is anything that you put above God. And that's why in the 10 Commandments, God says, you shall have no other gods, little g, before me. Because he knows our hearts to prone to wonder, right? To fall after these other little g gods. And we always have to be watching that as believers. And we have to say, hey, is God on the throne of my heart? Am I trusting him? Am I following him? But they said they they know how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus. They recognize Jesus. They recognize what God is doing in your life. They recognize not only salvation, but the way you're living your life. Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. See, there will be a day of judgment that's coming. And every one of us is going to stand before God, right? Every one of us is going to have to give an account of our lives. And he says, hey, it's only in Jesus. It's only in Jesus that you are saved. It's only in Jesus that you are redeemed. It's only in Jesus that you are restored. And people see that in you, your love for Jesus. Man, you're living it. You're celebrating God's goodness every day, church. Way to go. Oh, this is so good. All right, chapter one. If you're taking notes today, if you've got a worship guide here at one of our campuses, Nolansville, Nashville, Franklin, Columbia, hey, I'd love for you to pull that out. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app. I'd love for you to fill in some blanks with us today just to help you remember. But, but check this out as we look at this. Number one, the call of every Christian is to follow Jesus. That's the call of every Christ follower, Right? It says, Paul, right here. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. So here's Paul, Silas, and Timothy, going on missions. You know, like we do mission trips and we go out and share God's love we do local missions. But then the church, living on mission, right? Going and living on mission, following Jesus, following Jesus. Our life should become about God's agenda and not our own. You know, a lot of times for us, it's it's our agenda. And here's what we do with God, right? We're kind of sneaky. We go, God, here's my plans, and now what I want you to do is bless them. You know, I've got my agenda for my life, and now all I need you to do, God, is just bless it, and I'm going to live my own life, my own plans. And God's going, hold on, hold on. If you're a Christ follower, I've got plans for your life. And my plans are better than you can imagine. And you're like... Yeah, I don't know. And God's going, trust me, trust me, trust me. You know, Paul and Silas and Timothy, they they got these plans, right? We're gonna go into Asia. We're gonna go and plant churches in Asia. God, that's great, you know, bless that. And God's going, I'm gonna close some doors there because I really want you in Macedonia. I've got people in Philippi and Thessalonica and they're like, well, we don't know people in Philippi and Thessalonica. And he's like, I know, but I do. I'm gonna do something great there. You know, in our lives, there's times when doors close. And maybe we get frustrated. You know, Paul could have been like, I'm gonna try to kick that door down, right? Maybe the door's closed on a job. And you're like, oh, God, what's gonna happen? And God's going, I'm opening another door. When God closes one door, he opens another door. Maybe a, a door closes on a relationship, a boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're like, oh, but God, they're the one. And God's going, I got somebody better. Trust me. And you and I, as Christ followers, begin to follow Jesus, begin to wake up in the morning and say, God, what do you want to do today? God, how can I follow you today? How can I trust you today? God, it's your agenda today. Because God's going to do something big. God's going to do something great as we live on God's agenda. See, the goodness of God comes when we stay in the center of his will. That's where we're called to live. We don't want to run ahead of God, right? But we also don't want to lag behind God. That's why it's so important when we wake up and we read God's word or we pray, we just say, God, I want to praise you. I want to praise you because you're with me. You provide for me. You're my rock. You're my redeemer. You're my restorer. I'm going to just live in the center of your will. And God, if you prompt my heart to send a text to somebody and say, I'm praying for you, if you prompt my heart, you know, as God prompted, we pray for you often, mentioning you in our prayers. You prompt my heart to send an email. You prompt my heart, rather, to reach out to somebody at work and say, how can I pray with you? How can I pray for you? I'm just going to stay in the center of your will. I don't know how the outcome's gonna be, but I'm not worried about the outcome. It's about the obedience. It's about the obedience. It's about trusting. It's about following, living on your agenda. Notice this one. God is about building his church. You know, as you kind of look through here, that's what you see. God's building his church. And, and it's amazing, as you look at 2,000 years, God uses his church in different cities, different communities, serving the body so that the world comes into Christ. The world's redeemed and restored because God working through his church. And Paul and Silas, Timothy, they got it. The church in Thessalonica, they got it. Hey, come, join in, be a part of what God's doing. God invites us to join him in his vision. God invites us to join him in his vision. Uh, You know, it was 18 years ago and and God caused to plant Rolling Hills. We had 15 people meeting in an apartment clubhouse and we did a Bible study on Thursday nights and we didn't know what was gonna happen. I mean, we're kind of scared to death not knowing what's going to happen, but, but all the while, God is at work. God is at work. The other day, a, a lady in our church, she sent me a text. There was a kind of a group text, and she sent a picture of one of our very first worship guides. This is a worship guide that we had 18 years ago, and she said, I was going through the garage, I was cleaning out the garage, and I came across this worship guide. And if you look at the date, you can look there at the date on the next page. It says October 12, 2003. So this is 2003, right? This is October. So we're we're talking 18 years ago. Here it was, you know, 15, 20 people gathered and she was a freshman at Belmont. So she comes here, moves here from Texas, a freshman at Belmont, and she said, here's my notes. I still have my notes. We had fill in the blanks back then right there. So, you know, it's just like, here's all the notes, the things that I was writing down, the things I was learning. And, And when I was looking at that, I was just thinking, wow, God, you have been so good. But then I thought about, her life, you know? And here she is coming as a freshman at Belmont, who says, and a lot of times college students are like, I'm so busy in college and I don't have time to get involved in church. I got all these things happening. But as a freshman, she said, No, I'm gonna invest in a church and I wanna grow spiritually and I wanna stay in the center of God's will. And today, yeah, here she is married. Her name's Jennifer Akers, married to a guy named Keith, three amazing kids on our staff as one of our worship pastors and doing an amazing job. And God, just working in her life, she says, I'm gonna stay in the center of God's will. I'm just gonna join this young church, I'm gonna be a part of it, and I'm gonna watch God move and do great things. And as a church, we just said, hey, we're gonna come along. We're gonna minister to college students, we're gonna minister to young adults, we're gonna minister to students, and watch God do what only God can do. That's what you're about, church. That's what we're about together. I love that. When we join God in his vision, I mean, God changes lives. It's awesome. All right, look at this. God's church grows as we give our best for his glory. God's church grows as we give our best for his glory. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor, look at this, work, labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus. Let's break those down. Paul commends the church because of these three attributes. First, your work produced by faith. Now, notice this, it's not you work for faith. This is not works-based theology, okay? This isn't like, I do good works, maybe God'll accept me. Sometimes we get into that, and maybe you grew up in a religious tradition that was like that. You always thought God was mad at you, you always thought God was upset because you weren't doing enough for him. No, 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 no. It is by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest no man should boast. But when you are in Christ, then you want to serve. When you are in Christ, right, then you're like, man, what can I do to make a difference? How can I help others? How can I bless others? God, how can you use me? Your work in that church there in Thessalonica, they were like, hey, we're just going to share the gospel, right? We're going to do missions. We're going to serve. Work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love. Your labor prompted by love, right? You're a parent. You labor, you, know, you, you sacrifice, you do all these things. Why? Because of love, because of love. And when you're in love with God, then you wanna serve. When you're in love with him, then you're saying, God, how can you use me? God, what can you do for your glory through me? And look at this, your endurance inspired by hope. Church didn't quit, church didn't stop, church didn't go, okay, we got a little persecution, a little challenge, no, 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 because my hope is in Christ. I know there's a coming day that I'm going to stand before God, and God, I want to give my best for you. I want to give my best for you. Think about those, right? Faith, hope, and love. Where you hear that? Remember 1 Corinthians 13, and now these three remain? Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And Paul's commending the church. Hey, you're serving. You're serving out of your faith and your hope and your love. See, if you want to change the world, then build God's church. I mean, a lot of people are like, man, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. Yeah, I do too, Right? That's why you build God's church. Sometimes we think it's politics. And we'll spend a ton of time and a ton of money investing, right? And politics is great. We need to pray for godly leaders. We need to pray God put the right people in place. We we need to be diligent and vote. Those things are important. But it changes every four to eight years, right? I mean, there's always this cycle, right? And you look around the world, and it doesn't solve all the problems. (laughs) But then you also look at where The church was being persecuted 2000 years ago and today over two billion believers. You see the goodness, you see that churches were the ones that started schools and soup kitchens and orphanages and hospitals and all the good that has come. Why, because it's only God who can change a heart. It's only God who can change a life. And so when we begin to invest there, man, you see God impacting the world. We are better together. We're better together. You know, it was amazing, it was when we started, right? 18 years ago, we had just those 15 people, and we said, you know, it can't be about us. And so let's do missions, let's go somewhere. And, and you guys know the story, right? Eight months later, we, we took a group and went to Moldova. Moldova, I mean, the smallest, poorest country in the former Soviet Union. And we started doing missions there, and, and we just fell in love with the orphans and vulnerable children, and it just got to us, you know? And when we started hearing statistics about all the girls being trafficked in prostitution, said so we gotta do something as a church. And, and so the next year, two trips, the next year, three trips, and then started Justice and Mercy International. And, and you know, as a church, we were meeting in the movie theater, and we didn't have a building for our own, but we bought a house in Moldova, $250,000, for kids coming out of the orphanage, girls who didn't have a place to go so that they would have a house to live in. And That's just who you are, who we are as a church. And now today, four houses, and we raise money for two more houses. But, but what was amazing is, is to see now a lot of those kids who've been growing up in our program, and many of you, you sponsor orphan children, and, and you're making a difference, and those kids are growing up, and they're saying, we want to be involved in the church. And so a lot of the people in Moldova watch online, and they're a part of our family, and they said, well, we want to start a church. And so we said, well, we can help. They said, we want to have a Rolling Hills Community Church in Moldova, and Arseni, who has been studying in seminary in Romania, said, hey, I'll be the campus pastor, and so just for a couple weeks, they've been meeting and gathering with kind of a a launch team, and here's a picture just kind of of this group that's getting together, and and all these people, and so in a few months, we're gonna have a Rolling Hills, Moldova campus. I mean, like, how crazy is that? I mean, isn't that awesome, (laughs) you know? And I just think that's only God, but you're seeing these kids that are saying, I want to grow up in the Lord. You're seeing these young adults that are saying, I want to raise my kids. Teach us how to do kids ministry. Teach us how to do student ministry. Teach us how to be disciples that are fully mature. And just like the church at Thessalonica was impacting the world, people were hearing about the church in Macedonia and Achaia. Now, God's at work in his church here, and God's at work through you. And your obedience matters. It matters. matters. Man, we are better together, guys. See, God has a vision for you and for his church. God has a vision for you and for his church. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. I just want you to stop just for a minute. Hold on, hold on. Wherever your mind is, look at this verse just for a minute. Think about you. For we know, brothers and sisters, men and women, loved by God. You are loved by God that he has chosen you. You. You were chosen by God. Before the creation of the world, I mean, God looked down through the corridors of time and saw you. You are special to him. You are priceless to him. He loves you with an everlasting love. Wow. Just know that. Would you commit your life fully to Jesus? You know, so often we want to gotta kind of go part-time with God, it's like, okay, God, I want a little bit of you, but I want a lot of the world, and you know, and God's going, no, I want, I want full commitment. Trust me. And maybe for you, today's the day of salvation. You've been coming to church, and I'm so glad you've been coming to one of our campuses, but you've never made that commitment to Christ. I'm going to live my life for Christ. I'm going to be fully engaged for Christ. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe God's been speaking to you about taking that step of putting a stake in the ground to be baptized, you know, Jesus was 30 when he was baptized, right? I mean, there's this call to baptism, to follow. Commit your life fully to Jesus. This is where the Christian life comes alive. This is where you start to see God do miracles right here. But look at this number two, right? If you look at this verse, they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. Whom he raised from the dead, Jesus. See, it's first this fully commitment of realizing that man, I'm gonna live my life fully for Jesus because he's gonna rescue me from the coming wrath. I'm gonna stand before God one day. Have you made that commitment in your life? (laughs) No, you're secure in your salvation knowing that you are saved, that you're redeemed, that you're restored. It's all in him. Then look at this one join his vision. Join his vision. Not just your own, not just like, okay, God, I'm going to just try to make it through life, right? And maybe I can retire early and go live off by myself somewhere. No, 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 no. Join his vision. Be a part of what God's doing. Three years ago, we began as a church. We, we said, God, what do you want us to do? And we had this whole For the Kingdom campaign, and so many of us, so many of us have been giving over and above our tithes. We've been committing to For the Kingdom, and, and in two weeks, it's going to be kind of the Celebration Sunday, right, on November 7th, because of what God's done, and the generosity, but we had these five objectives that we felt like God was calling us to. You know, impacting the next generation. I mean, preschool children, and middle school, and high school students, and we're seeing that happen in all of our campuses. We wanted a permanent home for our Nolensville campus, a permanent home for our Nashville campus, and and we were praying about, you know, what would it be to to have, you know, transitional, two more transitional homes in Moldova, and, and then even another campus in our community. And I gotta tell you, church, What God's done, it's only him. I mean, it's miraculous. I mean, you can see, like, at the Franklin campus, the middle school and high school space and children's space, you can see in Nolensville and Nashville all the things that are happening with preschool children and student ministry. But we prayed about a a home for our Nolensville campus, and and guys, we were meeting at Nolensville Elementary, and we were down to one week to go, and we had no place. And we're praying like crazy. Jason Hale and David Curtis, Danny Claus and the old team, everybody's... Praying and praying and praying, and with one week to go, God opens the door and says, hey, how about merging with Revived Church? How about 10 acres on Nolansville Road right next to Town Hall? I'll, I'll just provide that for you. How about that? I mean, you talk about only God? I mean, it's a miracle. I mean, you know how much land is in Nolensville? I mean, it was just like God just goes, no, I'm going to plant my church right here because I want to impact this city for the glory of God. and just all the amazing people that God continues to bring. Our Nashville campus, I mean, we're meeting in Belmont Heights. We don't have any where to go. We don't know what's going to happen. And God just opens the door, Park Avenue. And just not only the, the beautiful campus right there in Sylvan Park, but, but God says, hey, I'm going to provide all these amazing people to join in the work, to lock arms together, because we're better together. Two more transitional homes. We raised the money in the south part of Moldova and Cahul. only God. And now a Columbia campus, the six weeks, it's just been amazing. And you look back and you just go, God, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not all of us, it's just all of us living in the center of your will and watching you do miracles. I want you to hear from Raymond and Gigi Kazunza, and they're amazing. They're at our Nashville campus, and I want you just to hear a little bit of their story. Watch this.
2: As refugee, we experienced the civil war. And I, I took my Bible, I took a couple of uh, 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 clothes and I put my child in the bag and then we left. And we just walk and walk and walk miles until we arrived to a place where the the border between our country, the Congo, and the DRC, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I felt like I needed to open the Word. And I opened my Bible. In Mark, it's the story of Lazarus. Martha and and, and Mary called on Jesus, listen, the one that you love is sick. You need to come because he's not doing well. And when he came, Lazarus was already buried. And Jesus saw Martha and he said, Martha, didn't I tell you if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And it's like he was saying, Gigi, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. After maybe two or three weeks, our names were out, and we saw our name, Kinzunza, you we were leaving at the GRC. We left with no visa, no passport, nothing.
3: Were looking for a church and of course we prayed and uh, we passed uh, many buildings and uh, we did not know the names of the denominations that we saw
2: we walk until we got to Charlotte Avenue and we saw other churches but the Lord showed us that this was the place the women said I think this is where you we, we need to go this is where the Lord is leading us so that's how we came church is not only church but it became family we had only our children and both of us and the lord and then he gave us a family of believers and we grew with the church and we we served and we loved to be a part of the church
3: also, the people we have here at Park Avenue were aging, but the number of the people in the church was uh, decreasing. And of course, it was time for us to uh, have a, a vibrant church. And we prayed a lot for that. And the Lord really heard our, our prayer because what we wanted is to have uh, volunteers. People will come and help the church continue to, uh, to function. But instead of having two or three volunteers, the Lord sent a whole church that was wonderful uh, with the merger Remember, as I was praying for that, the Lord gave me a great passage in the book of Mark. What the, the Lord has uh, put together, let nobody uh, uh, se- se- separate. So it was good, it was like a, a marriage. It was like a, like like a wedding, uh, the way the Lord showed it to me. And when I got it, I knew that it was uh, uh, something that was supposed to be.
2: The merge happened uh, two years ago and we are grateful to the Father. And every time we come here, we see the life, the vibrant vibrant presence of the Holy Spirit, and we are in awe of what God can do.
3: The prayer that we have for our uh, our church is uh, that we will all be the eyes of the Lord, and be His uh, hands and be His feet, that we'll be uh, really uh, the salt of the earth and the light of the world
2: we don't even imagine our lives without prayer and and prayer it's not such a formal thing that we do it's a natural it's breathing we pray this church will go and and meet the people who are hurting the people who are in need the people who all of them we pray that we will look like heaven on earth that the glory so there will be love there will be the presence of mighty God, right here.
1: Isn't that amazing? I mean, just to see Raymond and Gigi, I mean, man, their life now, I mean, they both have these incredible jobs, they're doing great things, they have a daughter at Vanderbilt, they have sons and everything, it's just awesome what God's done, but yeah, that's you, church. It's us together. And what I love about Raymond and Jesus is they worship, man. They're just so thankful. I mean, God brought them out of the Congo. God brought them into freedom. God's given them so much. But God's done the same thing for all of us. Hey, guys, would you celebrate God's goodness in your own life? I mean, would you just celebrate what God's done in you? And just this time to go, Jesus, I want to give you praise. I want to give you glory. God, I was dead in my sins and my transgressions. And yet you may be alive in Christ. God, you chose me. God, you chose me. And maybe I don't feel like anybody else chose me. Maybe I don't feel like my parents chose me or my friends chose me, but, but God, you did. And you do. And God, I just want to celebrate you today. I want to have an attitude of gratitude. I want to thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. Maybe you just want to thank God prayer and worship maybe you want to thank the people around you maybe it's been a while since you've written a note or a card to maybe your mom or your dad or your grandparents or, or friend who's been there with you you just want to say I want to thank you I want to thank you when you and I in our lives begin to understand gratitude when you and I in our lives begin to understand joy it changes us All that God's done for us, would you celebrate him? I'm gonna invite you just to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. This is between you and God. Maybe this morning is a morning of salvation. You just go, God, I need you. God, I need you. Come into my heart, come into my life, save me, redeem me. Maybe God's calling you to commit, right? to be baptized or to join the church and just say I want to lock arms with other believers. I see God what you're doing and I want to be a part of that. I want to be in the center of your will. And whether I'm a college student or whether I'm a, a senior adult, God, you've got a plan and a purpose for me. Maybe today you just go, God, there's been some hard things. And yet God, you've been faithful. So Father God, here we are, your disciples. Just like the church in Thessalonica, God, it was just so much joy in what you were doing. It did not mean it was easy. There was persecution, there were challenges, but God, you were faithful. And the church started to grow where it impacted the whole city. It impacted the whole region. God, it impacted the world. I pray that for us. The power of the Holy Spirit. to start in our hearts. You would redeem us, restore us, and use us, God, to further your name. We love you, Jesus. We dedicate our lives, we dedicate your church to you. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Wow, Wow, our God is good all the time. And after this service, I'll be here. There'll be people on our staff, our pastoral care team. We'd love to talk with you, love to pray with you. If anything's going on in your life, hey, you're not alone. God is with you. And the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Trust him today.
0: Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills sermon podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening, and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.